Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And now this is not, folks, just another episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. This is the hundredth episode of The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. And to celebrate, um, I've got probably one of the best friends that I have in the world uh, to sit with me today uh, and actually have a conversation. Um, Many of you will know this guy, uh, David Meltzer. Uh, I've, I've gotten to know David extraordinarily well. His family, his wife, uh, yeah, he and I sit on uh, a board together, a couple of boards together, actually. Uh, uh, yeah, we just, if, if I had a brother by a separate mother, this would be the guy that uh, would show up in, uh, <laughs> in that family album. So, uh, David, I'm not going to go into a whole background, folks. Uh, I, I'll be putting stuff into the, uh, the show notes around this, just in terms of your CV and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I'm going to just touch a couple of things. Ford's uh, top 10 uh, worldwide you know, keynote speaker, uh, former CEO of uh, the Steinberg Agency, the world famously Steinberg Agency, CEO and co-founder of Sports One Marketing. But more importantly today, you know, Dave Meltzer, the brand of Dave Meltzer, you are everywhere. You are ubiquitous. <laughs> I can't turn around and not bump into you. So, uh, and that's something I want to you know, really kind of leverage here because I've been really fortunate to follow your journey uh, in, in, in the creation of this David Meltzer brand. And uh, I want to talk about that today. So David, welcome. Thank you for having me. And I feel the exact same way since the day I met you in that beautiful uh, soft suede coat that you're wearing that you still honor me with when you, we get together. But uh, we definitely have lived many lifetimes together and maybe at sometimes even had the same mother. So I feel the same way. And even wrote that book, uh, do a show every Thursday with you, which has been a godsend uh, for me to participate in Office Hours with Blaine Bartlett and Compassionate Capitalism. Uh, but here to discuss the soul business, I'm super excited and congratulations on your 100th episode. Well, and you, you've had that milestone with your playbook uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, the, the, the title of this is The Soul of Business. Uh, so I'm going to just start with that. You know, when we talk about the soul of business, and that, and that was, by the way, folks, those of you that are listening, the tagline of the book that David and I wrote, Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. What does the soul of business mean to you? Well, beyond you, uh, because you are at the soul of business, it takes me back to where the three worlds that I learned to live in, and it was first applicable to shopping. 
right? I, I thought money bought love and happiness. And I lived in a world of not enough. I was a victim. Everything happened to me. I grew up with six kids and a single mom who packed my dinner and paper bag and worked two jobs just so we could eat. And I thought the world was happening to me. So I would have to fight my way to get what I wanted. And if I could fight my way to money, I could buy my mom a house and a car, which would complete the set of happiness that I was already living in. Then I became a millionaire nine months out of law school. And I lived in a second world, not the world of not enough, but a world of just enough, just enough for me. Uh, it's a false facade of philanthropy where, uh, as Bob Proctor, our mentor taught us, it was a world of trading. There was a world of a zero sum game where if I gave somebody else would lose and receive and trade and negotiate my way to the top. But nonetheless, money would buy me love and happiness, buying things I didn't need uh, when I was unhappy or I didn't want or more things I didn't need or didn't want or buy things to impress people uh, or even, believe it or not, Blaine, uh, buy things to impress people I didn't even like. Uh, and then this journey to the soul of business reminds me of my definition of money buying happiness. It wasn't that money buys happiness or love. It was what I shopped for. And if I shopped for the right things for the right reasons with my money, I would live in this world of more than enough, uh, an abundant world where there's something bigger than me that loves me more than my mom, a world not of a zero sum game, but a world of a value add game and a world where when I gave it add value and when I received it add value to an infinite universe, uh, where an infinite universe, infinite in time, infinite in space, but infinite in abundance really makes things happen instantaneously, really depreciating the difference between cause and effect. And why is that important? Because I think in the journey of the soul of business, I use the parallel to my relationship with money because business is about making money. But instead of shopping, it's about making the money. And the journey is one of value add. Can you make a lot of money to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun? The soul of business is that uh, which is in the world, the infinite world of more than enough, of living in a world of faith and hope and kindness, all the different values of adding value with your business. You know, I, lo I love the way that you frame that. Uh, and you and I've had a lot of conversations around this. Uh, and I know that we study a lot of the same material. Um, I've been, you know, since December of this uh, last year, December of 22, uh, I've been uh, restudying, uh, I'm not saying rereading, but restudying Wallace Waddle's The Science of Getting Rich. And I have literally been reading that book every single day since uh, December 12th. Uh, of last year. Now, the reason I mentioned that has to do with a couple of things that I just kind of picked up on. Um, money. Yeah. Yeah. In order for me to, to do good, in order for me to live a good life, I've got to have money. I mean, there, there's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just as simple as that. But why I have money is the difference. Why I want it. And you talk about value creation, value add. Um, one of the things that Waddles talks about and that I've been really playing with here is the notion of being a center of distribution. Yeah, just, yeah. And, and one of the things that I you know, stumbled upon you know, real early in my career is that most businesses and most business leaders were focused on being a center of accumulation. How can we you know, build our bank account? How can we you know, just add to what we have? Rainy day funds. I mean, those sorts of things, of, you know, the accumulation which blocks the flow of energy. 
And the idea of the soul of business being the cyclical, this you know, value, con, you know, this value contribution dynamic. Can you talk a little bit about how that has been part of what you've done in, in the way that you've actually built the Dave Meltzer brand? Because, yeah, I look at you and I mean, you're, yeah, you're giving content away all over the place. Yeah. And I only, I give it away until people want it and want to pay me for uh, more intimate help, uh, which has always been my business model to build a community based off of giving away everything. And if somebody needs different help and request it, then I can monetize that. But here's the idea. There's three different steps in the evolution uh, of not only the brand, but in this idea uh, that you're talking about. One is one that came naturally for me and my mom is appreciation, right? If you want to live in the value add game, the word appreciation means to add value. Your house appreciates, it goes up in value. Your car appreciates, it goes up in value. I've learned to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything to appreciate it. But what happens when we appreciate it? It expands, right? It adds value. So I'm a bigger vessel by appreciating what I have. The second stage was also one that I learned early in life and it was called acknowledgement. Uh, I wanted to be more interested than interesting. My mom being a, a teacher, a PhD in education and empower of education who thought the fetus wasn't fully developed till after graduate school. And, you know, you could do anything you wanted to do after you went to graduate school. But more importantly, to acknowledge what you have was to always give it away. And so I grew up under the culture of appreciate as little as you have and give away as little as you have. And most people, very kind, very generous people live their entire lives in this just as little as you have mentality. Where this center of distribution really becomes empowering or changed my life into a value add game is when I understood what you talked about, the flow. See, if we, even if we don't accumulate, if we just appreciate and acknowledge and give it away, we're actually doing a disservice to the universe because we're not playing its game. We're not playing the value add game. We're playing the zero sum game. And we end up dissipating and dissolving who we are and what we have. If you receive, so we appreciate it. We expand our vessel. We acknowledge it. And when I say give it away, that's okay. If you lost it or manipulated from it, somebody steals it from you. I always laugh when someone rips me off and I have a smirk on my face. My wife's like, what's so funny? I said, Oh, he must have needed it more than me. I was going to give it away anyway. It's not mine. I, I'm just making room for more. So I want to thank him for allowing me to make room for more. And to receive, to ask for more is the hardest and most crucial and most left out component of the soul of business, of this point of distribution that you teach so eloquently that we have to be able to make more money. We, we have to be able as a business to become an Amazon, to be to, to have substantial impact, to be a Tesla, to be a great leader, an intelligent follower who not only appreciates what they have, not only gives it all away, but asks for more and then becomes this point of distribution by becoming a point of reception or receivable as well. Yeah, you know, the idea of competition comes into play here. And I was talking... Uh, Marshall Falk the other day about this uh, and, and his you know, incredible COO, Tyree, uh, about the nature of competition. And she and I both just went, Argh. and the idea here is, yeah, the competition, inappropriate competition, I'll put it this way, inappropriate competition 
can actually screw you up faster than just about anything I can think of because it's predicated on a mindset of scarcity. Yeah, and you mentioned zero sum. Um, the idea of a creative mindset, and this is what you're talking about, I think, is you know, the, that whole notion of creativity. Yeah, I, I learned a long time ago, if I'm not playing a game that's big enough for who I am, I'm going to screw up the game I'm playing just to keep it interesting. Mm. And that's what I find with a lot of people is that they're screwing up the game that they're playing pretty regularly because who they are actually wants to be so much more than what they're actually dealing with and actually what they're interacting with. And that comparison that is when created you... by that competition, right? That yeah. comparison, it becomes the thief of joy and becomes a limitation. And as you taught me, the only thing that we should uh, strive for in our lifetime to, to die is the limitations that we put upon ourselves. That should be the only thing that dies. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We all have beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs. But this whole notion of I've got to get rid of my limiting beliefs. No, celebrate them. Just acknowledge them. They worked well for me. Now move beyond them. Yeah, I, I, I want to you know, find a way to fine tune them. Yeah. If my focus is on getting rid of limiting beliefs, that's where my focus goes. And it's on limitation. If my focus is on growth, my limiting beliefs become a stepping stone. They become just a Great. way that, you know, they got me where I'm got. They got me where I am right now. Now, where can I take it from here? A foundation to build from. Yeah, it's it's not it's not heinous. It's 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 good stuff. It's kind of here. Here we go. You know, um, I was going to say to that yeah, matter, yeah. you know, being a business partner of you know, people like Warren Moon, a Hall of Fame quarterback, or now business partners with a Marshall Falk, a Hall of Fame running back. You know, I define things in a sports context as W's and L's. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I used to dwell on the L's and, you know, I would move too high on the wins and too lows on the losses. And once I established the L's as lessons and put the W's in the same context as lessons, and utilizing as a metric time. So time is the metric of determination of the lessons. So now my L's become more valuable because those hold the greater lessons in a fast amount of time. And the W's uh, actually become more of a waste of time because they're just executing on what I already know. And so in the realm of appreciation, acknowledgement and receiving, that this WL context, this competitive comparison context, uh, really shifts itself on its own head and becomes a paradigm shift in my life that I'm more focused in on the L's, not to celebrate or to, you know, to, uh, to be depressed about them like I used to be, but more importantly, to learn from them and knowing that the W's I learn a lot less from if sometimes anything, I, I, I learned it all. And so when I put things into the context of lessons, even the most significant scoreboard of sports, the W and L columns that have been talked about millions of times, take on a different meaning and also have significance in the context of my growth, acceleration, expansion, compound interest, and aggregate effect of good behavior. <laughs> you know, I love you, David. I do. I, yeah, the way that I have watched you know, literally over about the last seven years or so, watched you just kind of migrate. Yeah. When you started, I mean, I want to talk about this migration journey um, because as you started you know, kind of, and I don't want to say leaving behind, but you started moving from, you know, the, the focus on uh, Sports One Marketing and started moving more and towards establishing yourself as, as a brand. 
that lesson, you know, the, the learning curve, because you stepped off of something that was working extraordinarily well, you know, and stepped into the unknown. How do I do this? Yeah. Yeah. And there's desire that, that kind of drives it. And that, you know, this is one of the key things on this whole, you know, moving towards being bigger and more expansive. It has to you know, be predicated on desire. What was the desire yeah. that drove you that you said, okay, it's time to make this shift. It, it, believe it or not, it was a new hero uh, perspective. Let me explain. My heroes were people like Warren Moon, Troy Aikman and Steve Young, Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield. My heroes were all the people that I had started to surround myself with away from me being you know, drained by surrounding myself with people that bleed me by the wrong ideas and the wrong people. So I made a transition as I went to be the CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports Entertainment to surrounding myself with my heroes. I thought the right people and the right ideas. My significance in our relationship, especially with your wife, was that this was the entry point with credibility of being welcomed into new heroes, heroes that I had been exposed to through the movie The Secret, exposed through through Wayne Dyer, through Napoleon Hill, books that I had read in the past, but hadn't really studied. And you and I both study books every day. So and we study some of the same books and I took it on Goddard when you started mentioning Goddard. Now I'll take on Waddle. And, you know, I, I know I study this stuff, but the biggest significant difference was I started surrounding myself with bigger ideas and bigger heroes, you know, not, not just a spirit of excellence, like the Warren moons and Marshall Falks of the world, but the Blaine Bartlett, Cynthia Kersey, Mary Morrissey's Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield's the list goes on and on Reverend Beckwith, et cetera. Um, and to the point where if I paid attention and gave my intention the same way I did in sports, but to world thought, to expansive thought, to impact in the world by being the chairman of the unstoppable foundation, by being the chief chancellor of junior achievement university, by the way, that got nominated for a Nobel peace prize. Talk about thinking big, you know, yeah. who cares about Jerry Maguire? Who cares about sports one marketing? I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people. And I couldn't even tell you that seven years ago when we met without laughing at myself. If somebody would have told you when I met you in that gorgeous jacket at the Marriott by LAX, that this man and his wife would change my life to the fact that instead of making money to help people and have fun, that I was going to make enough money and help enough people and have enough fun to change a collective consciousness in my lifetime to impact over a billion people to be happy. And I would surround myself with Deepak Chopra and Sadhguru and Blaine Bartlett instead of desiring, you know, to hang out with the Hall of Famers and the movie stars and the parties and the drugs and the alcohol and all the other things that were surrounding at a different lower vibration. I now live my life at a higher frequency, a higher awareness. And I think that evolution, you personally have been a co-pilot with me to see the maturation uh, through just conversations and also seeing, because we do see each other at least once a week, you could see a major energy shift uh, in who I am. You feel differently when you're around me and I feel differently about myself. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a real quick break. You just opened up a, uh, I'm going to call it a Pandora's box only because people are familiar with the term here, but it's this whole notion of frequency. And um, yeah, I'm going to just kind of 
salt the mine here a little bit. When we come back from the break, you know, I mentioned uh, The Science of Getting Rich uh, by Wallace Waddles. That book, by the way, is mistitled. It should be The Science of Sustainable Success. And that's what I want to talk about when we come back, because Waddles talks about frequency. He never uses the word, but that's what he talks about. So, folks, we're going to take a real quick break. We're talking to my best friend in the planet, in the universe, David Meltzer. And we will be right back in just a moment. Well, I thank you for listening. Um, I want to also invite you right now to go to blainebartlett.com. And on that site, which is my personal website, you'll see uh, services up on the top menu. I'd like you to click on Leadership Mastermind. Now, why I want you to do that is we have uh, structured a mastermind program that is very unusual and it is very powerful. And by going onto that site and clicking that link, you'll be taken to a landing page that is an invitation to join this mastermind. It's a 52-week-long exploration of what it takes to be a highly effective leader in today's fast-changing environment. You won't regret it. And if you've been liking what you've been listening to on these Soul of Business podcasts, how does one become a leader that can keep connection to the soul of business? That's what we look at. That's what we're about in this mastermind program. So again, go to blainebartlett.com and click on the services link. And there you'll find the link to the leadership mastermind program. Look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening to this little commercial. And now back to our show. Welcome back. I'm going to pick up where we left off. Frequency. And I don't mean frequency in the sense of it happens a lot. Frequency in the way that I vibrate. And now I can hear people's eyes rolling. It's kind of like, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? No. Yeah, let's get real. Folks, this is real. Um, one of the one of the knocks I've heard over and over and over, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this about the law of attraction, which by the way is a secondary law. The law of frequency is the law of vibration, actually, is the primary law that informs the law of attraction. The knock I hear on this is, oh, Christ, Bartlett, that's just magical thinking. Yes, it is. It is absolutely magical thinking. And it works when it's accompanied by magical action. So there's two pieces here. The law of attraction where it gets itself uh, in, in, in hot water is that people think that all they got to do is stare at a blue candle and envision this wonderful world and just kind of wait for it to land in their lap. It doesn't work that way. Magical thinking is the re literally is the requisite that is accompanied by magical action, a certain kind of action, acting in a certain way. Now, you and I have had conversations about time, about uh, you know, <laughs> cause effect. All reality is, is vibration appearing in certain forms. That's all reality is. It's a, it's a vibrational structure. It's a frequency structure. Yeah, my, Einstein famously said, there is no matter. It's just uh, energy that is slowed to, you know, in frequency so that it can become visible to us. How have you worked with this notion of energy 
and, and, and I'm asking this question in a very specific way here. You work a lot, almost exclusively in business. I mean, that is, that is the domain that you, you know, command in a lot of ways here. The conversation about frequency, about energy. I started talking about that back in the 70s. And you, know, you should have seen eye rolls back at that point. In time. I would have been one of them so, rolling my eyes at you. <laughs> I know. So uh, the, it is a strange notion. Um, it is you know, an unusual notion because the world of agreement is so focused on what we can tangibly see, hear, feel, taste, smell, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Physical reality, just show me how to move things around and I will be successful. What people miss is that what they're moving around are the wrong things. What they need to move around is their consciousness. How have you started, David? Uh, and, and I love this, you know, cause I, I, I know the answer to this but I'm gonna ask it anyway because then it has <laughs> the light of day. How have you brought this conversation into the lexicon of the work that you do in such a way that people go, Oh my God, he's right. <clears throat> I need yeah. to pay attention to this. Well, there's a mathematical equation of frequency and some of it is intertwined into the philosophy uh, of awareness, right? That we can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than us. So if we can get people to believe that they can only be aware of everything vibrating, but that which vibrates equal to or less than us, then we can understand the importance of vibrating faster or having a higher frequency. Now, frequent behaviors, uh, five different frequent behaviors create a higher level or, or a stronger and higher level of frequency. So the word frequent is not accidental in frequency. Because the more frequent we do something, the more frequent we say something, the more frequent we think something, the more frequent we believe something, and the more frequent that we feel something, statistically, with the combination of those five levels of intention or frequency that we have that intent, we will you know, truly set a beacon for attraction. Um, and the mathematical equation of frequency or vibration is simply Focus in on what you want. In other words, I created five daily practices to say, look, considering your midterm and long-term objectives, right? You and I are a little bit longer in the tooth than most entrepreneurs, but we have mid and long-term objectives still today. But what do I want today? Personally, experientially, giving and receiving. Who can I help with what I want and who can help me? How best can I get that done? With our mentor, Bob Proctor, always saying that the way that we uh, create the how is by putting our attention and intention on the cause, not on the outcome. It, then that how will come a lot faster, both pragmatically and man-made constructed time, as well as in relativity of time. Uh, and then finally, that allows us to prioritize pragmatically. So when we start talking contextually in pragmatic terms of what am I going to do today? Who am I going to help? Who can I help? How am I going to get it done? And how do I prioritize doing it now? It resonates with your typical business entrepreneur, business executive, business manager. What the difference is, is most people are putting their attention and intention. They focus in on what they want, plus the five levels of what they do, say, think, believe, and feel into the outcome. I wish, I can't wait till we make a million dollars. I can't, I'll be so happy when I make a million dollars. Instead of what do I need to do productivity, accessibility, and gratitude wise in order to effectuate my statistical success, efficiency, and effectiveness to a million dollars? And using that frequent mindset, heart set, and hand set, attention plus the five levels of intention equals the coincidence. 
And I throw another level of coincidence on that I am radically humble that I don't know what I don't know. Therefore, I'm able to change my mid and long-term objectives knowing that if things don't work out like I want them to, I'm being promoted and protected because I do believe in a higher frequency that loves me more than my mom loves me. So, you know, just like I was reaching out to touch the fire, you know, the universe is going to slap me and say, no, wrong business partner, wrong business, uh, wrong college, wrong law school. You didn't get in there. You're being promoted. You're not being punished. You know, that girl broke up with you. Trust me, that's a promotion. And if anyone's met our wives, we've been promoted. Right. And I promise you, before I met my wife, I thought I was only being punished uh, for all the girls that that dogged me and said no and rejected me. I was being promoted because I got the best one coming. And so if we take this perspective, this mindset, attention plus intention equals coincidence, if we put it into pragmatic action, and I break it down to three laws. Law of gravity is the most overlooked. We're exactly where we're supposed to be. We're at the right place at the perfect time. See, I expect miracles because of who I am. I'll receive miracles because of who God is. And I will offer the miracles because I'm part of God. And that's what I believe. And I believe that comes from the law of gravity. Then we get into Asaroff, our dear friend, the law of Goya. Get off your ass with what you think, say, do, believe, and feel. And then finally, that creates the frequency through this frequent behavior that creates a serious signal, a beacon to attract what you want. Therefore, the law of attraction, assumption, or allowance is put into effect. Yeah. Acting in a certain way. Yeah, I was talking to Mike Dooley the other day, you know, and he's got, you know, those of you that don't know Mike Dooley, uh, he was in the secret, uh, but he's also got a program called TUT, you know, the universe, T-U-T. Go to tut.com and uh, subscribe to his daily TUT uh, messages. They are crazy good. Absolutely crazy good. Little little sidebar there, uh, promoting, <laughs> promoting Mike. But the idea of, of acting in a certain way, and, and this is where Mike came into my thinking here. He talks about the, the cursed hows, the cursed hows. And this is where, I, you know, in my experience, people get off the rails as they get real too quickly focused on how do I do things. And, and that focus is always, almost always looking back to what I've always done. How do I do it in, in yeah, and I, and I pull the past forward into the present. And then the how that I'm working with becomes the mechanism by which I recreate the past. I have to be in a position here of being open to looking at different opportunities. Yeah. And as you're talking about, yeah, when something happens and I go sideways, it, the obstacle isn't the problem. The obstacle actually is the opportunity. The obstacle wouldn't appear unless I was on the path. It, it literally wouldn't show up unless I was on the path. So how do I deal with it? That's where the question comes into play. And this is what I get to work with is how I think about it. Yeah, how I approach it. This is something that has been gifted to me by the universe. How do I leverage it? How do I actually work with it in a way that is constructive, generative, and ultimately will be productive? And if, and if you look past, all you see is what's missing, what you don't have, what you don't want, or what other people want from you, because those are all in a historical context. You could not know what's missing, what you don't have, what you don't want, or what other people want for you without looking backwards. If you are staying present by prioritizing what you want, who you can help, who can help you, and how to get it done, then 
now you've taken yourself into the present to do it now and prioritize according to your values. And it's a simple transition, but one yep. that doesn't create any resistance. Instead, it speeds up the process by clearing what interferes. I mean, it's basic context is I spent almost a third of my life to half of my life trying to go get happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. And instead of realizing I already am, what am I doing to interfere with it? You know, the whole notion of awareness, um, yeah, and people talk about awareness all the time is, is part of mindset. One of the ways that I've ended up defining awareness in the, in the leadership work that I do is it's, it's the noticing of where and how I am blocking access to spirit. That's what true awareness produces. When I know it, because spirit's moving to and through me all the time. It's always seeking to expand and to express. I'm the one that blocks it. Yeah. And in organizations, this shows up all the time. So part of my charter as a leader is to notice where and how I'm blocking the access to this to spirit, to that, that source of aliveness. If my organization feels flat and dead, I got to take a look at where I'm blocking it because I am as a leader blocking it in some way, shape or form. How do I open that up? Yeah, that becomes a question. And not because it's something that's punitive. It's just something that I need to notice because it's a process. Yeah, it's just a process. It's an opportunity to explore something different here. And it takes me in a different direction that oftentimes is more generative and is more productive and is more beneficial in the long term to creating value. And that seed for me was planted by our dear friend who passed uh, recently, Bob Proctor. I remember in the movie, The Secret, as I was going through my transformation, not believing the bullshit that I was seeing on the movie, but there's this gentleman, Bob Proctor on that movie and I have a lot of hair on my arms, by the way, they all were standing up when he said, do you know you have enough power within you to light up all of Manhattan and you're pinky and you're pinky. And I said to myself, that's, I, I know that I, I can feel that to be true. Then what the heck am I doing to block it? Right. Yeah. If I have that much power in my pinky, holy moly, I'm limiting myself. And that awareness of how am I limiting myself? How am I interfering with myself? How am I blocking what I'm connected to and through the omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom loves me? Holy moly, my life would change. And faith itself was planted the first time that I met Bob Proctor because of that essence and understanding, that seed that he planted. And uh, to his honor, here we are sitting again, uh, transforming ourselves as well as others, empowering ourselves as well as others with the great seeds that he had planted as a mentor of both of ours. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned Bob, but I'm going to close, uh, close this off uh, with this comment. And it, it, it's an invitation to you to comment as well here. Uh, part of the eulogy that I gave when I, you know, I, I was you know, invited back, um, Cynthia and I both were invited back to the private family uh, memorial service, um, just a small grouping. And one of the things that I uh, ended up um, commenting on and actually you know, eulogizing Bob around was, I'm going to miss Bob, uh, but, what, but I want to clarify that. I'm going to miss the form of Bob that gave me license to interact with him. What I'm not going to miss is the idea of Bob Proctor, because the idea of Bob Proctor continues forward. That idea is formless. And when I you know, actually spoke about that, it was so true. I, I know Bob, and I knew Bob really well in the context of this ideation. He would, yeah, he was an idea. He knew he was an idea. 
And he curated that idea. You know, what's the best form that this idea that I, Bob Proctor, can manifest? And, and the whole you know, idea of I am, what follows after that is powerful. And he took that notion of I am and filled it in in living color, technicolor, Dolby sound. The voice, yeah, the voice was incredible. I mean, all of that stuff. The form is whatever the form is. The idea is what's left behind that generates a legacy. My question for you, David Meltzer, what is the idea of David Meltzer that you're living from and into? Really simple. I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy and I am worthy. I just want to, I'm here to figure out what I'm doing to interfere with it so I can share those secrets, secrets with others to empower them as well to be happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy on a mission to do that as a collective conscious, not an individual consciousness. And, uh, you know, la last comment for me is I remember Dennis Waitley, you and I sat at a function where he was speaking and he had always said, right, planting seeds under trees I'll never sit under. Uh, I'm living that with Bob Proctor as well. And I live that with Blaine Bartlett, a living legend. Uh, and the ideation of myself, you and Bob in symbiosis, synergistic beliefs, uh, energy and awareness, uh, I think will have an extraordinary impact on the world in a cl collective consciousness that someday, hopefully my son, Miles, who just turned 12, will never have to see someone like a Putin or, or a Hitler because the collective consciousness is so great. And I think we're seeing that that collective consciousness has expanded and grown far past 1942. And here we are 80 years later. And uh, Mr. Putin's having a much more difficult time than Mr. Hitler did. And I think we'll see even greater when uh, the next Mr. Meltzer is around. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're really moving in a positive direction. I think we are too. And you have a lot to do with that, David, truly. And I, I love you. Uh, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Uh, folks, we've been listening to The Soul of Business with Blaine Bartlett. My guest today on our 100th episode has been my good friend and a mensch in every single meaning of that word. Probably one of the, you know, you look up mensch in the dictionary, you will see David's picture. I guarantee it. I love you. And you can find out more about what I'm up to at blainebartlett.com. Uh, feel free to poke around. There's a bunch of stuff there. And we will see you on the next episode. Take care. Find yourself a way to be a center of distribution, not accumulation. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.